Hello there, you're listening to Zack Snyder's Park Rush Podcast, presented to you in 28 kilobytes per second audio quality to preserve Zack Snyder's original vision, and we're allowed to swear. Joining me is my co-host Josh. Josh, do you want to swear? F*** yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, we've done it. Still... My word, I'm still delirious, as you can tell, from a late, late night watching the film that everyone's talking about because, I don't know, 12 people on Reddit wouldn't shut up about it for four years. Have you heard, the, have you heard the news about that film, Tom? What's the news? What's the news? Zack Snyder has an even longer cut of it. I did not know that, but it also doesn't surprise me. Yeah, so watch out for <laughs> Zack Snyder's... Extended Justice League. No, I, I think I'm all right. I think I'm all right, to be honest. But um, you know, it's one of those films where, given the discourse surrounding it, I just felt like I'm, I'm glad to have seen it, you know? I couldn't necessarily objectively say, yeah, it's good, or yeah, you should go see it, but... I think if you're at all curious about how it's ended up, given the mad, mad road it's been on to get here, maybe check it out, I guess. I don't know. What do you reckon? Are you planning to watch it, Josh? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Would it change your mind or make you feel any more enthusiastic if I told you that star of the... Walt Disney Studios Paris backlot tour himself, Jeremy Irons, had a starring role. What? Yes, Signed I, me When up. he turned up in the film, he turned up in the film and I thought, I know this guy from somewhere, I just can't place him. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's the backlot tour man from Paris. Cool. He's really gone up in the world. He really has. He really has. He's now Batman's butler, except he doesn't really do any butler-like things in this. He's more like... He's more like, uh, I don't know, I guess he's a bit more like his tech man, to be honest. He's like his man in the chair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he sort of fixes up his gadgets and his fancy bat vehicle. He's that era of Batman, I guess. Yeah, this Alfred could probably fight you, actually. And I'd back him, frankly. So (laughs) that's what we're dealing with here. He's kind of a hardcore Alfred. Fair enough. Talking of Batman, have you, did you see they uh, wrapped uh, last week or the week before on the new one? I didn't see that, no, but uh, I guess that film's not coming out until, what, next 2022? Yeah, next year. Three? It was meant right. to be out this year, I believe, well, but obviously the Rona. Yeah, indeed, indeed. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, I suppose. I think it's directed by the guy who did those recent Planet of the Apes films, which I liked quite a bit, so... Yeah, I'm and Pattinson intrigued. is actually good. He yeah, gets a bad rap. Yeah. yeah, and it's got a great cast, actually. So I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, we should uh, we should move on, because otherwise this really will be Zack Snyder's Parkrush podcast, and it will be four hours long. No breaks, though. I don't know if there's... Just to provo- no breaks. preserve our vision. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, maybe there's someone out there who deep down actually would love a four-hour Park Rush podcast. I mean, if, if, the, if, if there is, you, 
let us know. Indeed, let us know, and then we can redirect you to a psychiatrist. <laughs> anyway. To, to one of the old theme uh, podcasts we used to do that wasn't about theme parks, but was four hours long. Uh, yeah, yeah, indeed. Let's not reopen that can of worms and start to talk about theme parks instead. Because, Josh, a major, major landmark has been reached pretty much a year, right, after it closed. Pretty much. Because of coronavirus, Disneyland has finally announced that it will reopen on April 30th. Oh, boy. Big news, Josh. Indeed. Did you ever think this day would come? Um, I thought one day my prince would come, but not that uh, Disneyland would reopen. Oh, right. Are you still... I mean, we've obviously got the Disneyland news now. What about the prince? Where are we on that? Um, I'm 50-50 on that now that Disneyland's back. I don't know. If that's come up, right. then maybe, maybe the prince... Maybe it was a misnomer, you know? Maybe, maybe. Well, uh, Keep looking, I'm sure it'll turn up Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> Maybe at Disney, perhaps. Fingers crossed. Mm. And, of course, if this does open on time, it will leave Disneyland Paris as the only, I think, I'm, I think I'm right, as the only Disney park left that is not open, which is kind of crazy. And, and it doesn't feel to me like that one is anywhere near going to be ready because France is a bit of a mess. Yeah, the whole of Europe's a mess, right? Like Berlin's... Uh going back into a bit of a lockdown again, from what I understand. They've had, like, really weird rules in, in Germany. Like, schools have been open and also shop, like, supermarkets and florists and hairdressers. Yes. Like, yes, it, it it is a bit weird. You know, everyone is focusing a little bit on the on the bad vaccine rollout, which is, is true. It's not been very good, but it's almost, it's a bit of a misnomer when it comes to, hey, why are there so many coronavirus cases? It's actually, I think, because they haven't really had a lockdown this year in a lot of these countries. Mm. France and has been quite tight on some, it, but, uh, I believe. But. Uh, kind of. I mean, even the quote-unquote toughest lockdown restrictions that they're going into now in certain places, including Paris, it still doesn't involve shutting the schools. Oh, really? So, wow. yeah. And it feels to me like, actually, for the first time, the the boot is kind of on the other foot. And we went earlier with our, lock, with our 2021 lockdown and have used that time to vaccinate. And hopefully that means when we come out, we'll be okay. Whereas Europe is now, you know, wasted, frankly, four months of the year, mm. three months of the year. And we'll now go into lockdown... And, they st and you still couldn't guarantee that the vaccine rollout is actually going to work out for them because there are so many problems with it. So, you know, it's a mess. But of course, most importantly of all, it means continued uncertainty about the state of Disneyland Paris. and Which is big for us because uh, how are we meant to do a European road trip without it, you know? Well, exactly. I know we've already done it and covered it on the Park Rush podcast before. We've done it right, right at the very beginning. Gosh, I'd, I'd hate to go back and listen to it, frankly. I don't know. We've come a long way yes. since yeah, episode yeah. two or whenever it was. But yes, you're right. It would feel wrong to do a European theme park road trip without doing Disneyland Paris, even though it will not really be any different for at least a few more years until the Marvel stuff and, um, and everything else that they're working on starts to come online. Speaking of... Disneyland California. So yes, April 30th, we've got I've got some quotes here from Disneyland Resort President 
Ken Potrock, who mm. says, The day all of us have long been waiting for is almost here. We're excited to have more than 10,000 cast members returning to work. Obviously, they laid all the other ones off. Uh, uh, I would imagine, uh, yeah. as we get ready to welcome our guests back to this happy place. Uh, they're going to do some preview days for cast members and, and locals, and I think anyway, even when it opens, it's only going to be for locals initially. You're going to need advanced reservations. There's going to be a severe capacity limit, and not all the hotels are going to be opening in one go either. They're going to take a more phased approach, although I think the uh, Grand Californian Hotel is going to open in time for the parks to reopen. Oh, that's good. So it will be it will be both parks. It will be Disneyland and California Adventure both opening on the thirtieth. And I guess, interestingly enough, given the way it's gone in Florida and what we've spoken about on the podcast until now, seems to me like this might actually be unless Universal surprise us. Disney gonna are gonna be going ahead of Universal potentially because they've. All the theme parks have been given permission to reopen in California from the first. We've not yet heard anything from Universal on when they plan to reopen. You'd imagine they're going to have to give a, at least a couple of weeks' notice. So I guess there's still time for them to say, oh, actually, we are going to reopen uh, before Disney. But I don't know. What do you reckon? Do you think it's going to go the other way this time? Or do you think Universal are just keeping stum for now but will actually end up opening before Disney? Uh, you'd imagine they would open first, but... Uh, they I don't know, they've got, obviously, because a lot of the Universal Hollywood Park is the tram tour, well, I guess less so now, but um, a lot of it is still the tram tour, which, so I don't know how that works, because plenty of parts of that are indoors, like the Hong, uh, Hong Kong, the King Kong section, uh, and the Fast and Furious <laughs> section of that are obviously indoors, so I have to wait and see, I guess. Um, I think, quite, but I think quite a lot of their stuff is sort of indoory stuff to an extent, so it makes it a little bit harder. I guess they could cut so. certain parts out, but then you still have to try and yeah. pack up people quite tightly into a tram tour, right? So yeah, yeah. I guess it will, you know, given the limit on capacity, it will be less of an issue than it might have been. I think that a ride like that or an attraction like that, from from the from the kind of park operation standpoint. The most important thing it does is just help manage traffic a little bit because you fun you end up funneling, you know, hundreds if not thousands of people through that. Yeah. Every hour because of the amount of people that you fit on the tram and how many people are queuing at any one time. But in these COVID times, maybe it doesn't really matter. And given how few people are actually in the park overall, that sort of crowd management situation is less pressing. And you don't have to worry so much about the capacity on individual rides. But, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they are keeping quiet so far. I mean, all the indications are that they will reopen in April. You know, I think they will end up reopening before Disney. Yeah. They're just keeping quiet for now for some reason. Uh, we'll get back to Universal because they have, uh, as of yesterday, reopened a bit more of City Walk there. So it's not like they are doing nothing. But back to Disneyland because there are going to be a few things that are different for people that want to go back other than all the obvious stuff about social distancing and masks and all that kind of thing. Pretty much all the same rules that you have uh, become aware of in Florida over the past, I guess, nine, eight, nine months are mm. going to be translated to California, except I think the capacity limits are even more harsh. Yeah. But in terms of the annual pass holders, because obviously they're scrapping the annual passes, at least for now, 
until things kind of get back to a bit more normality in terms of how many people they can let in. But they are going to let what they're calling now legacy annual pass holders. Uh, you'll be able to link that to uh, the app, the Disneyland app, and keep getting the discounts uh, in the parks that you would have been getting through your annual pass program. So cheaper food, cheaper merchandise, that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. And I guess, you know, one less thing to carry around if uh, yeah. the, the identification you need for that is just in the app. There's no pass you need to carry around anymore. So that's cool, I guess. I, I don't know when annual passes might become feasible again as a thing. I guess whenever they start to being start being able to welcome foreign guests and 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 kind of getting capacity limits back to one hundred percent, I don't know when that's feasible. Um, I, I think Biden's been quite bullish about yeah their route out of trouble overall, but what that means for theme parks specifically, I couldn't really say. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. It's it's hard to say, but uh, I think annual passes will not be coming back anywhere near the same form at the California park as they were known before this. Um, I think it's a very good way of, or a very good time for Disney to change the annual pass ticket structure to make it more profitable for them, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. I think the CDC, who are under the health body that advised the government on coronavirus in America, have this week said that the social distancing limit or you know guideline has been reduced in schools i believe so it's gone down from uh six feet or whatever it was out there down to three right so fundamentally two meters and, to one meter yeah and i guess you would need that to become the general guidance for the whole population before you would even consider upping capacity at somewhere like a theme park uh, well, you know stuff yeah. like masks and hand washing. I mean, I think you, I think you leave that to businesses, frankly, to decide. Like if Disney want to keep requiring face masks for us for longer than they might actually be mandated to or highly, you know, advised to, that's fine. But obviously, the social distancing, social distancing side of things is something that you probably do um, just follow the government lines on a bit close, more closely. So they're kind of at the mercy of um, the CDC on that. Really, yeah. As to but, when they um, next knock the social distancing down. But California also has its obviously its, its own tier rules. So Orange County, oh, which is what Disney's currently in, uh, currently they're in red tier, which is tier two. Um, well, that's just confusing. You've got an Orange County and a red tier. Yeah, tell me about it. But that gives them... <sighs> so if, if Disneyland was to open today, they would be... Oh, allowed to open at fifteen percent capacity, and then, but they're on the brink of the orange tier, tier three, which would allow them to operate at twenty-five percent capacity. So, which is so that's probably what they'll be on when they open in April. Is probably orange tier, so twenty-five percent capacity. Right. Maybe that's what they're betting on. Then you know, by setting themselves this opening that and going quite late in April, they think that as you say, by then. Uh, they'll actually be able to let more people in than they would be if they opened right now. Yeah. Which obviously they're not allowed to do. They can't open right now. They can only open from the 1st but uh, of April. But yeah. yeah, maybe it won't have changed by then, but will have changed by the 30th. Yeah, I'm just looking at 
So Six Flags Magic Mountain, obviously famous for uh, three ninjas at Magic Mountain. Um, of course. Yeah. Didn't how far did that get in your Thing Park film bracket? I can't remember. Oh, Can I, you? <laughs> I, I've blotted that uh, film bracket from my memory. Uh, um, <laughs> not that far. Not. Uh, uh, it got f- it got further than you'd think. I think um, mainly right. for nostalgia it, purposes. Uh, uh, and we'll talk about Jungle Cruise in a bit later because you you picked out a news story about it. But Jungle Cruise is still due at the moment for. This year, right? Yeah, that I believe film? so. Yeah, yeah. Guess and it, as a cinema thing, not a yeah, not like a hybrid premium Disney Plus thing. Cinema thing, really, mm. really. Yeah, I hope that's good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Actually, same, absolutely. Um, back onto Six Flags. Six Flags looks like it's in LA County, which are also in the red tier, but they are looking like they're about to enter the orange tier, so they'd be going, they'd be at 25% as well. And Legoland right. California op- also is opening up on April 1st, with, like Magic Mountain is. I don't know what tier they're in currently. Well, yeah. frankly, you know, as has been the case throughout this, I would suggest that the most dangerous thing about going to Legoland is not ever going to be a deadly virus, but is purely going to be the risk of just treading on Lego. It, I'd rather have coronavirus than tread on Lego. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to tread on Lego. No, it's the worst. I mean, coronavirus, from what I understand, you kind of start to get a feeling that you've got it, you know, and then it might get bad, of course, but it doesn't necessarily sneak up on you, whereas tro- treading on Lego is just a bolt from the blue. You don't want that. It, it sneaks That's up on you. pandemic. It, you know. Lego on the floor, yeah. Yeah, especially at night. It knows. It does. <laughs> It's sentient. Yeah. It moves itself on the uh, uh, around the floor so that it positions itself to be trodden on. You're absolutely right. It's like the same way, you know, cables, you know, headphones especially. I don't <sighs> use any wired headphones anymore, really, but they always just used to get tangled themselves. Yeah. You put them in the drawer perfectly fine. You open the drawer the next day, it's a mess. Yeah. It's the same with Lego. You know, you, you, you think you've brushed it. Well, if you've got a half-finished Lego set, you put it in the corner of the room to finish the next day. You get up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet and all of a sudden some of the Lego has moved. You tread on it. Makes no sense, but makes you think. Anyway, uh, more on Disneyland. They did open up uh, a little bit earlier this week for a kind of taster day. Quite literally, in fact, Josh, because it was a food event, oh. uh, food and merch event. It was the first ticket, first ticketed admission to uh, a Disneyland California park since they closed. So quite a big moment for uh, yeah. the fans there Huge. Uh, this was at disneyland california adventure and they uh, yeah just let a decent number of people in to walk around uh, buy some merch have some food and uh yeah there was no tram or anything operating no way of uh of getting to the park itself once you you know parked up you you had to make that long walk yourself uh, but once you were there, I'd imagine it was a pretty good time for people. And based on the videos I've watched, it seemed fairly lively. I'm sure people uh, were very pleased to be back. Yes. Uh, so there we go. If I mean, if you uh, if you were turning up to a dedicated food day at Disney, you know, you haven't been to Disney for a year. Uh, they they reopened cautiously for a food day. What are you going for first? Sorry, what is the one Disney food item that you got to get your hands? This on? This thing is not cheap. What's not cheap? This this Disney food day 
It was 75 bucks. You've just avoided my question there like a proper politician. <laughs> and I wasn't even asking you something about, you know, something serious. I just wanted to know what your favourite cookie was. <laughs> uh, yes. But Can you imagine? I'd, I'm, sure, I'm sure a politician would somehow wriggle their way out of just being asked, what's your favourite cookie? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they somehow managed not to answer it. It's like it's like when politicians have to like pretend to like every sport going. Like, yeah. So what do you what what do you think of the women's football? I don't know. I don't care. I barely watch in- men's football. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, seventy five dollars, I and mean, they've got to make up for a year of lost revenue, Josh. I, yeah, yes, sure. You've got okay. to think about this poor, poor multi billion dollar conglomerate. Yes. You know, Run poor, by a mouse. Poor Disney. Run by a mouse, indeed. Uh, to, to be, I say to be fair, but you get twenty-five dollar dining card, so you get twenty-five dollars worth of free food out of your seventy-five dollar admission. Oh, okay. I mean, and you're turning up to eat primarily, so yes. I guess you could essentially say that's fifty dollars admission, really. Yeah, still a lot. But like, so, like for example, but then like a, a chicken gumbo is costing you seven bucks, for example. Uh, chicken gumbo what is that uh it's like a uh it's like a creole soupy type thing um that has not that has made it more like it's referenced by my head um, and said describe chicken gumbo i could probably fudge it but what you've just said i would be i would be i'd be dead in that situation (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a shrimp gumbo is referenced by bubba in forrest gump Again, that doesn't help. Uh, I've seen Forrest Gump, but I couldn't. Bubba lists off different ways you can use and eat shrimp, and one of them is shrimp gumbo. Yeah, I still. still, I'm not going to just going to have to look this up after the show. What is chicken gumbo? Uh, It's a soup popular in the state of Louisiana. Chicken gumbo. I I, I can't think of anything that I'd rather eat less than a soup in a in a in a California theme park. I don't want to eat soup there. This, the description is, a gumbo is a soup popular in the US state of Louisiana. Gumbo consists primarily of a strongly flavoured stock meat, shellfish, uh, a thickener, and the Cajun slash Creole Holy Trinity. So my Creole soup description was a bang on. But I don't know what Creole soup is. Well, it's a soup with Creole with the Creole Holy Trinity in, of celery, bell that? peppers, and onions. <laughs> it's a chunky right. soup. Oh, well, there you go. Why didn't you just... Chunky soup was the first thing you should have said. <laughs> chunky soup. I, anyway, I'm looking at a ch- I'm looking at a chicken gumbo recipe on BBC Good Food. Looks pretty good, actually. Yeah, this is something good. I would eat on a cold November day. Not not a hot day out at a California theme park in March. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, they eat it a lot in Louisiana, where it's predominantly quite hot. You know, they're they're, they're big on their hot foods. I guess so. But, hot know, countries madness, often big on hot foods. No, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Ice cream is exclusively in the yeah, exactly. In the summer months, I live exclusively off of uh, magnums and fabs. I went out. I sent my dad looking. He was going to the co-op, and I sent him out looking for feasts. Can't find them. Oh yeah, not in Tesco's either. Oh no. Yeah. I've taken quite the liking to Halo Top ice cream, and uh, yeah, I, I did treat myself to some the weekend before last for the first time in you know since last summer. 
because I found I found a new flavour, oh. and uh, it was pretty good actually. It was it was a blueberry crumble, oh. and you open up the tub and it looks like the most fake processed thing you've ever seen. Like the the shade of blue that this ice cream is just looks <laughs> completely unnatural. That's what you want. But I tell you, tastes like a tastes like a blueberry crumble. At hundred percent, the flavour is there. And it's, you know, 300 calories in that whole tub, so... Can't argue with that. Can't complain. Absolutely not. Anyway, um, anyone having some good ice cream at this Disney food day, from what you could see? Uh, Not from what I could see, but I'm sure they had uh, Disney, you know, the premium Mickey bars out and uh, Mickey ice cream sandwiches, um, frozen bananas, always a staple. Yeah, the the I think the best theme park ice cream going in Florida certainly is probably that ice cream parlor down Main Street. I'm trying to think if um, there's a solid rival anywhere. Actually, the Butterbeer soft serve is pretty good in uh, Diagon soft Alley. Serve. Yeah, that's a good shout. You know, just get that in a tub. You know, I'm not fussed about a, a cone or whatever or you know waffle. Just give it to me in a tub. Sit on those steps, um, you know, those narrow steps that lead up to the to the left of the bank as you're looking at it. Oh, yeah. Sit up there on a hot day in the shade eating a butterbeer soft serve. Oh, Can't go good. wrong. It's good. Oh, I miss it, Josh. I miss it. <laughs> one day, Tom, one day. <sighs> yeah, one day, one day. Yeah, I, I got very... It's the small things that make me realise how much I miss the parks because um, Pastor John did tweet in this week. He's been at Universal and he popped into the Croissant Moon, which is our breakfast place of choice at Islands of Adventure for uh, some sweet and savoury pastries in the morning. And uh, the the cookie, uh, the legendary cookie, uh, was there, was available. And uh, I got quite sad. And it looked like they actually mixed it up a little bit. So they had their bog standard chocolate chip. I say bog standard. It's it's absolutely outstanding. But they had that in the oatmeal cookie, which are nothing new. They had a peanut butter cookie, which I wasn't familiar with. But for some reason in the picture that John sent in, it looked like someone had had a buy out of it. <laughs> it was up, it was for sale. It was there. But someone had taken half of it. Uh, but then they had a Mardi Gras mask cookie. Oh. Which uh, is obviously a, for, it's a limited time thing. And that looks pretty good as well. So there you go. All the apple danishes and the cheese danishes were gone though. And this was only at 11am, John said. Blimey. So you've got to get in there quick. Yeah. My uh, my mum mentioned to me this morning, we just sat down, was watching uh, breakfast television. And my mum just goes, man, I can't wait for my voodoo donut next year. Oh, yeah. that's, that's nice and also quite sad. <laughs> <laughs> It all depends on the tone of delivery. Yes. Was it sort of a wistful? It was. Uh, oh. it was um, excitement. It was a sense. Of oh, that's all right then. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, for you guys, it was, it was only ever going to be next year, right? Like that was the next, the yeah. next Florida trip. Whereas, yeah, for us, it's you know, obviously, it was meant to have been last year, and then was meant to have been this year, and it's now next year. Oh yes, I don't know if it's been said on here. You know, we were weighing up November or next spring. And we've decided just to uh, push it uh, oh. for 12 push it real good. months again. Indeed. So please, hopefully, things are fine by then. Uh, if, if everything is well, I will bow at the feet of the, hopefully, uh, installed by then, Joe Biden in the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> I will please joke. cast members flying to climb up onto that stage and kiss the man's shoes. Oh. I will make headlines. There's a madman 
knocked out three cast members and disgraced himself by kissing the shoes of a robot Joe Biden at Disney. <laughs> Just don't fall up the stairs. No, absolutely not. I did see a fun story yesterday on the topic of presidential statues. A museum, I think it was, in Texas has had to take down their Donald Trump statue or, you know, waxwork, which did not a very convincing likeness, to be honest. But they've taken it down because people kept punching it. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's two swords. That is... Oh, was it? It was the... I didn't think it was the two swords. And if it... If it is, their standards in Texas are slackened because it didn't look as good as you would expect I from don't... a two swords waxwork. Well, I mean, it's called a two swords. I I, unless they're allowed to trade under the same name, I don't know. But it's not a Madam Two Swords. Mm. But I don't know. Right? Is there a? Is did the family have like a big of a bit of a spat and broke up and screw you? I'm going to go make my own waxworks. I mean, Texas is a bit mad, isn't it? Like, oh yeah quite reliably read maybe they're just like oh madame two swords is too woke call it mr two swords <laughs> why has everything got to be feminized i don't know why i'm speaking like this i just <laughs> it's just my default anti-woke voice okay i've actually looked it up i've looked it up louis two swords oh. was the great grandson of marie two sword who is the creator of huh. madame two swords um, he worked as a wax figure sculptor, but left when his brother John Theodore Tussaud became chief artist and manager of the museum after after the limited committee. Blah 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 blah. So it sounds like yeah, him and his brother had a bit of a falling out, and then he created his own Tussaud, the Lou Tussaud uh, group, where he, he bounced around a little bit. Um, and now yeah, you've just got so you've got Atlantic City, Bellevue. Bellevue Stadium, I don't know, is that in the U is that a UK one? I don't know. They, they had one in Brighton, Copenhagen, Great Yarmouth, St. Petersburg, Florida. And Texas. And Texas, yeah. So there you go. Well, I yeah. The the Trump at least not great. So yeah, it seems to me like Madame Two Swords remains the premier <laughs> two swords. waxwork experience. Yeah. Two Swords. Um, right. Just looking, so the ones in the UK that uh, became did become Madam Two Swords because Merlin Entertainment Group got hold of them. So there you go. Oh, okay, interesting. Not done a Two Swords for quite some time. I think uh, obviously done the London one a couple times. Yeah, I have not done the Singapore one. I loitered outside the Singapore one, weighing it up, <laughs> just like for looking about up at the side minutes. Yeah, because you have to walk up quite a decent flight of stairs to get there it's on sentosa island right and uh so i was a bit you know knackered <laughs> up there so i just sat on a bench outside weighing it up they had a very good jackie chan waxwork outside and i thought that's pretty good actually and it's going to be air-conned in there maybe I, oh, this sure. does sound quite appealing but it was quite expensive and uh, by the time i'd thought about it i'd kind of cooled down and was ready to just get on my way and didn't go in maybe next time have, have you done um London Dungeons. I have not, no. no. That's on my list. I need to do that. Is it a theme? It's not really a theme park, is it? It's, it's theme park adjacent. It has rides. Okay. Oh, okay. Interesting. I guess I did... I guess it would have been around this time last year, actually. Uh, I mean, in fact, Josh, I think this year does mark a year since a year of remote podcasting, I think. Oh, boy. It must do. Because we started just before lockdown. And I want to say that today 
is essentially um, today would have been our first weekend in lockdown last year, I think. Uh, so yeah. there you go. Jeez. Makes okay. you think. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. What I was going to say, though, yeah, just so I guess just. I guess it would have been just over a year ago. I did. I would have reported back briefly, probably on the Harry Potter studio tour. Yeah, that would, I guess, be theme park adjacent, also. Yes, uh, I, I want to do. Where that. does that it stop, though, Josh? List. What if I go to the zoo? Can I come back and talk about that? I think so, to an extent. Yeah, you'd mention it, I suppose. Yeah, certainly. Um, if it's a if it's a zoo that has um, interactive elements, mm. um, it's not. Uh, like Portland not, has not a trip safari report ride, worthy. We got you know we have stands here. The threshold for a trip report is you got to be a theme park. You know there's no mucking around there. You're full on theme park. Yeah. But if you're theme park adjacent, I reckon you you're a bit of a normal show. You form part of a normal show. I would say. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Or uh, maybe um, if you thought that it needed special attention, maybe a midweek special. Oh, maybe midweek special. I don't think we've ever done that. I, th- I don't think we've ever done, you know, an extra midweek podcast. We've done a Monday podcast before, but that's just been like we didn't do it on Sunday for, for some reason. I don't know why we've done that in the past, but we have put podcasts out on Monday before. In, well, I don't think we've ever done a special extra podcast. No, yeah. I would call it a Sunday supplement, but we put we go out on a Sunday anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, you know, maybe one for the Patreon, Josh. I'm sure there are people out there chomping at the bit oh, for yeah. uh, an excuse to send us money. I'm sure they're all out there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. I, I, I don't think... Yeah, I was about to say they're all downstairs in this very house, but I don't think actually they are. <laughs> there's, there's no way. No. It'll be us. Anyway, right. Okay. Uh, back to Universal Hollywood, if you do not object to that pivot. Uh, it- Seamless. Uh, from yesterday, from yesterday, they uh, they opened a bit more at City Walk. You can now go back to the cinema, what? the Universal Cinema AMC, with its uh, IMAX and all that. So that's back. You can go in there, which is great. I don't know what's out. <laughs> I've just I've just looked on the uh, website, Tom. There is a pivot you could have done. Uh, oh no, we're a little I bit far away from here. it. But uh, talking about Butterbeer, you know, we can get Butterbeer City Walk. Oh. oh, can you though? Yes. I didn't know that. Where where can you get it in? Where can you get it in the City Walk? Um, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't say. It just says Wizarding World of Harry Potter Sweets and Treats on City Walk. Oh, okay. Not um, I, this is uh, Hollywood City Walk. So th- this is Hollywood. Maybe it's just a temporary thing. Like, hey, obviously you can't go into Hogsmeade right now, but we know you love this stuff, so we're going to set up a little, you know, Muggle-friendly stall in City Walk. And yes. And they'll get rid of it. Because, you know, genuinely, a big selling point of actually going into the theme park in normal times is to get the, uh, you know, the Harry Potter uh, culinary experience. And I think if they put that out in City Walk, and then, you know, for some people, that might be, that might tip the balance on certain days as to whether they bother going into the park. So I can't imagine it will be a permanent addition to City Walk. I'd imagine it's just a temporary thing. Uh, yeah. It does, but yeah, it does can you like... take a butterbeer into the cinema? Sneak it in. I'm not. Mm. Maybe. It looks like it has an mm. intern. It has like a actual building for it, right? So uh, it has an indoor space for the oh. dining experience that is literally called the Wizarding World of Harry Potter Sweets and Treats. So that's a bit low effort. Yeah, <laughs> you think? 
It's not quite Hagrid's magical, mystical (laughs) ride with animals and motorbikes and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Right. Uh, Anything else changed at City Walk? Restaurants now, indoors. You can go in there. Limited capacity, obviously, but indoor dining is back at certain certain restaurants. Bubba Gump among them. Get a shrimp gumbo. What's a gumbo? Oh, a chunky soup. (laughs) A, A Creole soup. Yes, sorry. So there you go. Um, you can have a day out at City Walk. Parking hopefully is five you can have a day out bucks. Five bucks parking just for uh, City Walk. No, no, it's ten bucks before five pm, or five bucks if you watch a film. Oh, okay, um, fair. But it's free oh, after. That's what five. it is. That's basically what it is, or similar to what it is in uh, you know when we go to the cinema locally. You know we. We get a parking free if we go into cinema. It's true. Where we go. Yeah. But you would otherwise have to pay more than $5. Yeah, absolute con $10. for parking if you're not going to the cinema. It certainly is. Right. Uh, speaking of Universal Studios, Hollywood, they have started letting, I think, press in for a little look around before it reopens. And, um, yeah, so I guess the first proper up-close-and-personal look we've had at the uh, uh, Secret Life of Pets area so the ride which i don't think has ever opened i think it's one of these rides that was basically ready to go when the parks had to close yeah i think so So by the time the park reopens it will you know be an an old new ride or a new old ride Uh, and yeah yeah, the 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 area of the park where it is the the kind of it's kind of been themed to new york a little bit Looks and cool. it looks kind of swish, I suppose. Yeah, it does look nice. I'm a little bit lost. It's a bit lost on me because I've never seen Secret Life of Pets. Have you? Should I watch them? Are they good? Uh, I have not seen them. I have heard that people that have pets like them. Okay. Um, much like when I, we were I kids, have a we pet. enjoyed Toy Story because we had toys, I guess. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people go, that is so my cat. It's like, well, yeah, he's a cat. Cats are assholes. It's, it's par for the course. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You say that. But my cat does at least have taste because I think one of the most tragic things about watching Zack Snyder's Justice League last <laughs> night was just watching... At, at the start, everyone was in the living room, the whole family and the cat, and it was just over the course of the film, just people j- j- gradually li- just who, leaving. Who was left? Was it just you left? The li- living room. And it was just me and the cat for a little while, and then even the cat left. <laughs> Just, you Even know what? You're on your like, own. I can't do. I can't. I can't do this anymore. You're telling me this first four hours of DC superheroes and there's not even one frame, one frame of Catwoman. I'm out. <laughs> so that was quite tragic. All right. Well, if it's you know, if, if you think I'd appreciate it because I have a pet, maybe I should watch these. There are two of them, right? There are two Secret Life of Pets. Yes. Yeah, there sure are. Okay. I don't know what mm-hmm. I don't know how good the second one is, or I mean, I don't actually know how good the either of them are. But who made? Who is it? Who made these? Is it? It's not DreamWorks, is it? Is it Illumination, the Minions people? Was it? I'm not sure now. Might who owns Illumination? That is another question. Is it? Is it Chinese owned? Now, is it? It's not Tencent, is it? Do they own Illumination? Oh, they could be. Got, not Universal. Got is their grubby hands on everything. Uh, oh no, it is NBC Universal. Oh, they own Illumination. Owned, owned They're Universal making a Mario Pictures. movie, is that right? That is correct. I think that's... Oh, okay. Uh, Maybe I will watch this then. The ride actually yes. looks quite nice. I like the set dressing in the, in the ride. 
and uh, it kind of the the big kind of te technological showpiece of it is that it will turn you into a pet uh, somehow. Yes. And obviously, no one has seen this yet. Um, but I'm curious what that looks like and how well it works. I don't know if it'll be similar to that Lego ride that's coming to Legoland New York, which promises to turn you into a minifig. It's like the next generation of the Haunted Mansion tech that yes. puts a uh, ghost on your buggy. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Illumination has done, you know, they got Despicable Me, uh, they've got obviously Secret Life of Pets, they got the Untitled Anima Animated Mario film coming out next year. Um, next year? Apparently so, 2022. They had that The Grinch film, Dr. Zeus is the Grinch, which was quite well received. Oh, yeah. I watched that. I didn't think it was very good. Oh, really? No, I, I didn't. I couldn't get on with Benedict Cumberbatch's voice. Oh. It was weird. I don't know what he was doing. It looked great, though. Oh, Benny. It looked, looked very nice. You know what? That was not a million miles away from <laughs> what it was. <laughs> they could have got you in, and it, I dare say it would have been a lot cheaper. Well... <laughs> What can I say? Uh, same director for that and The Lorax, which is obviously another Dr. Zeus. Uh, oh, I've not seen that one. I think that was well received. Okay. Maybe I should have a... I've got a week off now, actually. Maybe I should have a... Because I was going to sort of catch up on some films this week. I, I, I want to watch... Well, I want to watch. It's a strong way of putting it. <laughs> In the same way that I forced my way through all those Terminator films and all those Rambo films just so I could go and experience the new ones in the cinema, you know, over the past couple of years. You, you didn't force your way through the first two. Oh, no, sorry. Of course, there are certain Rambo and Terminator films that I happily watched. Yeah. In, in the case of Terminator, happily watched again. But obviously, when you get to, like, Terminator Genesis, Oof. which I watched across... I watched Ten Terminator Genesis... Over the course of three separate train journeys. <laughs> yeah, you did, yeah. On my phone. Because it got to... I, I hadn't quite made it. I got to the, I got to the day of the Terminator... Uh, what, what was that last one called? Dark, Dark Fate. Moon? Dark, Dark Fate. Got to the day of that. We were seeing it after work. And, and, and because I hadn't caught up yet, I purposely got public transport into work so that I could watch the film on the train, <laughs> meaning that I had to get up extremely early and, you know, it was on this horrible train. It would have been summertime, I suppose, hot and sweaty, uh, you know, full of business people. And there's me crammed into a corner of this train, hunched over a phone watching a Terminator Genesis. <laughs> Didn't quite get it finished. The next train ride still had more to go and then finally managed to get it done on the final leg of the tube from work <laughs> into central London. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, in that spirit, I want I was going to watch the second Godzilla film because I've seen Godzilla 2014 and I've seen Kong Skull Island, but I've not seen Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, I don't want to watch um, that film. Godzilla vs. Kong is coming out next month on... Uh, well, in the US, it's HBO Max and Cinemas. Here, it, Cinemas won't quite be back by then, so it may well just be home rental. Yeah, Sky but Store. It'll only, be a few, it'll only be a few weeks before Cinemas. So if Cinemas do open on time, which is sort of mid-May, maybe, maybe it will come out in Cinemas here as well, actually. But either way, I thought 
okay, that's one I, I might I may actually want to watch. So I probably should see uh, Godzilla two. Do you rate now. Godzilla one then? No, not really. <laughs> Do you rate I Kong think, Skull uh, Island? Uh, I think it's the best of the 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 two that I've seen <laughs> so yeah, far. Okay, it's not you know brilliant at all. It's both of them have their visual moments, you know. But yes. I think Godzilla shoots itself in the foot more in really, really trying to make you care about the boring, boring characters. And the only interesting character with any gravitas, spoilers, they kill him in like the first 20 minutes. It's a bizarre, yeah, bizarre decision. But um, It's no Matthew Broderick Godzilla, though. Oh, well, of course not. But what is? That right, is yeah. the pin- I, I just want to see Zack Snyder's Matthew Broderick's Godzilla. That's... <laughs> I'm sure four hours long, it's in four free height of height of cinema. She's <laughs> just got Jamiroquai over the whole f- film. What was the last Matthew Broderick film you saw? Uh, Tower Heist. No, I never heard of it. It's a comedy. Do you just see? Do you just see Ferris Bueller in all of his films? Like, um, that's just Ferris Bueller. That's not Matthew. Who's Matthew Broderick? Who's Matthew Broderick? Like no, because he the, he had a bit of a. What seemed like a bit of a breakdown to to a lot of people. Um, so he 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 seems like different, but he, he's not the same guy that was in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off or War Games or those sort of eighties films. But yeah, Tower Heist um, with hmm. Eddie Murphy, Ben Stiller, Casey Affleck, Alan Alda, oh. uh, Michael Pena, all star cast, cast of legends. <laughs> Absolutely bad film. <laughs> all right so yeah there we go secret life of pets uh maybe i'll watch those this coming week uh, so that i know what's going on when i go on the ride one day (laughs) (laughs) final news item i just we talked about this last week super nintendo world has now had its official opening ceremony and some pictures came out of shigeru miyamoto the creator of mario and he looked like he was having an absolutely great time it made me quite happy and that's all I had to say about that. This is like the Nintendo Directs, but in real life. <laughs> no they should do all acting. the Nintendo Directs from Nintendo World now, surely. Just produce them there. Get rid of the green screens or whatever they do at the moment. Just film them in the theme park. Might as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, that'll do it. The only last, last thing, in addition to John's tweet about the cookie at the croissant moon we did get some other correspondence in the form of a response to our podcast uh, being posted on reddit uh, last week's podcast going up on the uh, slash thing park subreddit and we had a reply to that josh specifically on the discussion we had about the london resort last week and the fact that it was facing some fresh opposition because the site has been given like protected status by natural england uh, this fella Seems to think that's all a bit of a red herring. And actually there are other concerns that are going to be proved far more challenging for the resort to overcome. Did you manage at all to condense this into a more podcast-friendly essay, frankly? (laughs) (laughs) So I I guess the the two key points that he makes are um, around the IP... Um, obviously, there's, there is no real investment from any of the IP owners in the park. 
Um, they've just basically said, yeah, you can use our names on things. Um, and because there's no uh, investment there, there's no reason for them to will it to be successful. Um, like you would have with a Disneyland or uh, a Universal Park or something like that. So uh, the guy puts it like this. He put, uh, there'll be more lawyers involved than Imagineers, which I think is you know, probably a fair statement to an extent. But I think if you build, to, to a counterpoint of that, if you build rides that don't necessarily need the IP, then you could, if, if then the IP pulls out, then you can kind of get around that issue. Which I think is kind of, the from what I've gathered anyway, that looks like the the route they're going down anyway. So you could have a you know your generic space theme, your generic medieval theme, um, and if you do that well, then you can sort of add in or take out IP as an, as and when. Uh, the other issue is uh, that he brings up is a actual real feasibility study. Um, he's brought up, you know he mentions that they have done lots of different studies, um, but you know they're focused on you know trying to get capital, uh, trying to impress. Uh, local officials and government officials trying to um, impress the local people of the area Um, but no real industrial feasibility study into how realistic is having a theme park there can we can they make their profit back Um, etc etc I think you know this focuses a lot on the theme park but I think there's a lot more into it than just the theme park part they're looking at Rental spaces, obviously they're going to have a rental hotel. They're going to have uh, like a sort of other areas where there's going to be uh, shopping locations and that sort of uh, and rental spaces for that sort of st- uh, for like conferences and that sort of thing. So I think there's a lot going on there that could bring in the money, not just ticket sales for theme parks. So I think you, there's there's a lot you have to sort of factor in, and he also mentions the other parks in the, in the area. So Obviously, you've got Disneyland Paris in uh, France. Uh, you've got uh, your UK theme parks, like your Merlin Entertainment parks, like Thorpe Park, Orton Towers, Chesterton, etc. And he suggests, you know, if it was a reasonably feasible spot and you know idea, then why haven't Merlin done it? Um, why aren't they objecting to it? Maybe they know that it's uh, not going to happen. A counterpoint to that, you could say that maybe Merlin is run in such a way that they don't really have the money to invest to such an extent in in a park this size. So, um, yeah. And, and then the final point is, where is the money? Because uh, it's probably not in the UK. It's like, well, no, probably not. But then most of the money isn't in the UK these days. It's in Eastern Europe or the Arab states. So <laughs> that's not really an issue. <laughs> no. It's interesting, though. I never, I could never have imagined when we started this podcast that we would inspire such um, thought and discussion from one person. Absolutely. On on, on, a, on a Reddit post about a podcast. So. I think it's a really interesting it's, piece, though. You know, I'm, not, I'm certainly not trying to poo-poo any of his points. I think they're very, very valid points. Um, I just like to give counter arguments. You know, play devil's advocate, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I would recommend if you're at all in, you know, if you listened to last week's show and yeah, you want a bit of, you know, some counterpoints to what we had to say about uh, the park and the feasibility of it and the likelihood of it going ahead, it's um, it's definitely worth a read. But yeah, put the kettle on, <laughs> put oh, your yeah, feet for up, sure, yeah, <laughs> and then read it because uh, you've been there for a while. 
anyway, if you want to get in touch with the show, because I think that's everything, Josh. Unless you, oh no, sorry, you had uh, the the Jungle Cruise. Oh yeah, um, just really. Uh, I've got so many tabs open, I've lost it. Uh, here we go. Just to say that uh, obviously we haven't been to Tokyo. Unfortunately, should have you know we would have been back by now, right? That's kind of sort of roughly now. We'd yeah, just back. about this time last year. Brutal. Mm. Um, but obviously they've got a park over there called Tokyo Disney Sea, uh, and as part of that, uh, they start. They have got this kind of like Disney theme park cin- uh, thematic universe where you have the Tower of Terror over there is run by a guy, I can't remember what his name is now, and the Soaring Rider there, um, and they're part of this society of explorers and adventurers. Uh, the Mystic Manor, which is the Haunted Mansion at Hong Kong Disney, is also connected to this. And fundamentally, what they're doing, uh, I think previously Jungle Cruise and Big Thunder have been retconned into the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, but... Uh, they are doubling down on it with the redo of the Jungle Cruise. They provided a uh, quote-unquote newspaper from the uh, Jungle Skippers, the Daily News. <laughs> and there's an interview with the Jungle Navigation Company owner, Alberta Falls. She's the granddaughter of the founder, Dr. Albert Falls, for whom uh, the Shrites of Falls is named. Um, obviously, as well as other jokes... And they have a connection to Disney's Society of Explorers and Adventures. So even more uh, connection there between the Society and Jungle Cruise coming in the uh, redo of the ride. Nice. Nice. And I look forward to all. all. And it was mentioned back in February, but we missed it, but uh, caught it as part of this. Looks like there's a Disney Plus TV series based on the Society of Explorers and Adventures coming Disney Plus in 2022 is the rumour. Well, that's exciting. I, what I was going to say is that I'm excited to see how in the uh, they retcon the Jungle Cruise film and uh, Eddie Murphy shows up. <laughs> and uh, Johnny Depp, the whole gang, this thing shared theme park movie universe needs to move ahead. I, lo- I love it. Uh, uh, theme uh, park, Disney theme park Avengers. Yeah, George Clooney I, turns up from I, the future... Uh, yeah, yeah. Who else is there? Uh, Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> Not content with Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man 3. She wants to do another crossover film. Yeah. The Theme Park Avengers. Who's the Thanos in this situation? Bob Chapek. Oh, yes. <laughs> he wants to snap away half of all attractions in the theme park universe. <laughs> and only the theme park characters themselves can stop him. Oh so dear, good. I'd watch that. Yeah, absolutely. All over. Right, it. that is going to do it. If you want to get in touch with the show, other than on Reddit, of course, uh, you can tweet us at Park Rush Podcast. Well, we've we've made it to triple figures on the follow account, Josh. What a glorious, glorious oh, week boy. it has been, indeed. Uh, you can also email us podcast at parkrush dot com. You can find the show at parkrush.com or on your preferred podcasting app. And the show notes with uh, links to stuff we've talked about in the show go up at joshualawrence.info. I think that's everything, Josh, unless you've got anything else to add. That's it from me. 
Excellent stuff. Well, we will, of course, as we hinted earlier on the show, be back with our first ever bumper midweek special where we will talk for nine hours about Justice League once Josh has seen it. Isn't that right? Oh, yes. Until then, stay safe. (laughs) Yes. Stay safe. Take it easy. Goodbye. Goodbye. 